Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. This is your invitation to a masterclass in engineering and design. Your ticket to go from zero to 60 with the Lexus Performance Line. A feeling this dynamic is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the exhilaration of the Lexus Performance Line and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Other famous character that was the boyfriend of Rush in, in, in Beckinsade. This is Smelly Clark, who was my buddy. And uh, speaking of that, listen, I'll tell you. I, I know, I'll tell you, I know, I, I know why the angry people of the world are the people who get up early in the morning. I'm sorry. I cannot, I cannot imagine a dynamic dictator getting up at 2 o'clock in the afternoon and putting his socks on and combing his hair and saying, ah, oh, well, I think I'll wait until after supper before I shave. Uh, no, 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 because there's something in the air. I'm telling you, I am coming along 6th Avenue. It's fantastic morning. You know, the sun is beating down. And, oh, boy, you know, it's the kind... What, ha have you noticed that, that all women look at least 150% sexier in the morning when you're coming to work? It's just, an, it's just a thing. I don't know what it is. I think it's the way the sun hits them. Or, or maybe it's the way the sun hits the top of my head. I don't know what it is. <laughs> oh, before we get into other uh, and more controversial topics, how about a little whoopee note here? Oh, well, let me put it another way. The Republican, the, 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 the Republican, I think the party, because uh, if we don't bite, then we've uh, got to play the piper. Well, sir, isn't it true uh, that it'll be a better party if the hostess employs a little accent? Well, let me make this perfectly clear. I think people should be employed regardless of uh, their accent. No, I mean, uh, she uses accent on the food. Oh, yes. Well, I, uh, I wouldn't care to uh, comment one way or the other. You have heard of accent, though, in the red cylindrical container. Well, I, I wouldn't care to uh, say that I had. And then, on the other hand, I wouldn't. I know uh, accent is uh, a season of some sort. Oh, not actually, sir. It has no flavor of its own. Uh... Oh, yes. I recall. Accent brings out the flavor nature's already put uh, in the beef spring beans, whatever. I think it's important uh, to bring these facts out in the open. It's one of the basics of democracy. Part of the real grassroots? Well, I suppose it will bring the flavor out in grassroots. I uh, really uh, wouldn't care to uh, be quoted on that. Could you give us a definite statement on accents? Well, perhaps. Uh, possibly. Uh, uh, no. But you are going to pick up some accents. Uh, we'll see. What was all that about? I mean, uh, sometimes you have a feeling that you're caught in some kind of gigantic, surrealistic washing machine, some kind of a Maytag that's got you by the foot. <laughs> you know, uh, speaking of, of, uh, of this surrealistic world, I, I'm looking at the sun, you know, coming. Oh, it's just a fantastic day, you know, and, and my stomach is flat and, and my blood is flowing like mad through my veins and my eyes are shining this morning. It's a great morning, you know, and, and in my soul is playing my kazoo. You know, something like... And I'm walking along, and it's on 6th Avenue, you see. And then I see this great, just this enormous tidal wave of human beings flowing up and down 6th Avenue, back and forth, all going to whatever 
nefarious <laughs> place they're going. You wonder what they're all about to do, you know. And, and, uh, and it suddenly hit me. I, a terrible thought hit me, Tony. Maybe this is why I will never be an official morning time guy, you know. Morning time people have a certain, uh, a certain ebullient, constant optimism. They give you the time at 8.16 as if it is a new concept. Every morning, and it's 8.16. I said, well, for crying out loud, we finally reached it, and wait till we get to 818. That's a great moment. And let me tell you, when we hit 832, <laughs> and now we go on with the Norman Luboff Choir. Well, you have to uh, you have to have a certain outlook, you see. Well, anyway, I'm walking along. I don't know what. Yeah, well, I guess it is a certain outlook. So I'm walking along the street there, and I see all these people coming at me. And it, it immediately hits me. This is a city of over 11 million people, you know, including uh, Teaneck. And uh, it's, uh, I guess we have to include T-Neck. I mean, they mean well. Come on now, Tony. It's not their fault. And, and uh, so we're, we're walking along, and I see these people come, and it suddenly hits me. How many of these guys, it's Thursday morning, are heading for the office to be fired today? Only they don't know it. <laughs> there has to be, out of 11 million people, there has to be a certain percentage of guys over whose neck the axe is not only hovering, but is rapidly descending. And so I'm walking along there, seeing the old kazoo is going, <laughs> Oh, boy. And off to my left, I see a little shop. Now, here's, here's the kind of thing you see in the morning. You don't see this at 2 in the morning. I'm sorry. There's a little shop, you know, these little junk shops they've got all over around here in town where they're selling uh, used mittens and... All kinds of stuff like that, you know, Okinawan mugs with little handles, and when you when you drink out of them, they play "Yes Sir, That's My Baby" and all that great stuff. You say, "Well, <laughs> right out in in front, <laughs> listen to this scene. Right out in front on a little table, they had they had a, a big pile of stuff, and there were about, must have been at least fifteen people standing around looking very excitedly out on the sidewalk at this pile of stuff. And I and I sort of looked over to see what it was. I don't want to get caught in any big scene at this early in the morning. And I looked over, and there's a big sign that says, Pseudo-Ivory Oyster Forks. Well, now, now uh, you know, uh, I, I don't know how many people need an oyster fork to begin with, but a Pseudo-Ivory Oyster Fork. And they did not say imitation. They said Pseudo-Ivory Oyster Fork. And I thought, well, now, isn't that a description of it all? A Pseudo-Ivory Oyster Fork rampant across a sea of dust mops. So get together, man. Press the button and we're off on another Today, commercial. we have with us the man responsible for Heinz' new polystyrene deals. Here at Heinz, we're pickle people. To pickling, we are true. Every pickle, every pickle, every pickle, it's a sparkles to you. Uh, nothing more exciting in the morning than a singing pickle. Uh, I, uh, I recall coming home. Oh, Peggy knows. Bye, George. Peggy, raise your hand. Once again, you get a gold star. Both you and Ed get gold stars now. She identified who Smelly Clark's best friend was outside of Rush. Uh, and and uh, you can see, you can really tell the real Americans, can't you? You really can. They don't chicken around with this little stuff. Yes, the, 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 I, I thought it was one of the great names in American fiction was Bluetooth Johnson. Bluetooth Johnson was Smelly Clark's best friend, and they were all... Well, it was a triumvirate. Bluetooth, Johnson, Smelly Clark, and Rush. And there was another guy, one other guy, and his uh, his first name started with an M. And who was their favorite movie star? 
And where did she appear continually in a movie called Hearts Aflame? Hearts Aflame. And what was the name of their favorite fictional character? They were constantly reading passages from the stirring books. Uh, I, will, I, will, I will give you a quote here. I will, I will delete the name for those of you who want to test your infinite memory for American trivia. Blank, blankety, blank stood atop the ramparts. He turned slowly, his great massive jaw tightening in anger as he spoke. Lady Margaret, do not look at these rampaging aborigines. The sight could easily curdle your blood. He whirled and, withdrawing his saber from the scabbard, stood ready to defend the honor of the beauteous Lady Margaret. Honey, I'll meet you on the beach. I've got to stop for cigarettes. Okay. And this time, make it Salem. Let's try something different for a change. Try something different for a change. Light up for Salem for a change. Salem soft as fresh your taste. Try the soft taste of Salem for a change. Next time you buy cigarettes, enjoy the refreshing difference of Salem filter cigarettes. Salem softness freshens your taste. Ahead of Salem's modern filter, there's a rich tobacco blend, smooth with menthol, plus special paper that breathes in fresh air Pick with every the beat. Puff. Try some. Salem filter cigarettes. I'm going to get fired yet. Speaking of guys, you know, a suddenly awful thought hit me, Tony, on the way in when I just talked, told this little thing about all the guys coming in who are about to be fired. I noticed that the executive phone is ringing in the control room in there, the one with the red line on it. <laughs> the one that says switch to emergency program immediately. We will pick up transcribed organ moves now. Uh, <laughs> you know, speaking of uh, transcribed organ moves... Uh, I, uh, I, I, I don't know whether or not uh, most people have the, the uh, same memories that I have. Of course, memory, memory is a tricky thing. Uh, you, you just can't, you can't trust it for, for, well, I almost said what you can't trust it for, but I'd better not say it. But I can remember there was a guy in Chicago. Well, sir, it's late afternoon as we enter the small house halfway up in the next block now. And here in the living room we find Mrs. Victor Gook and her son, Mr. Rush Gook. Sade, who's established in her husband's easy chair beneath the floor lamp, nods over a novel she received as a Christmas present, while young Rush, lying at full length of the Davenport, gazes at the ceiling and thinks thought. But suddenly sounds are heard in the kitchen. Listen. Hey, in here, Dad. Your mother, help? She's asleep. I'm not either. Well, you look like... Is she upstairs? No. What's the big commotion? Oh, no, kiddo. No. Are you going... Listen, there's a special lodge meeting called for this evening. We're playing 500 with Fred Ruther this evening. Well, that'll have to be called off. L.W. Eakins from Chicago headquarters is in town. Look, you two guys will have to jump in and help a fella out. I've got to wear my regalia and memorize a special ritualistic greeting and everything else. Have to be down at the hall by a quarter to five. It's almost four now. 
Andy, hop up from there and stand at attention and be ready to receive orders. You want me to go up? I want you to get me my lodge stuff from upstairs, make a telephone call to Hank Gutstop and dig volume 7 out of my lodge library, out of the bookcase, and 69 other things. Kiddo, you give me a hand too, won't you? We got an engagement with Fred Ruthie. You know yourself. Well, that'll have to be canceled. I'm sorry, but it can't be helped. Better phone him right now, then. Give him a chance to make other plans. All right. Cool, Scudder. Let's not stand around with our teeth in our mouth. Trot along and... Take him back till I get to calling Ruthie. Well, I got no time to waste. Well, I'm not going to have you fellas plowing around upstairs and tearing the house apart. There's stacks of Christmas presents in every single clothes closet, and I'm the only one that knows... Okay, but make it snappy. Rush, give me volume seven out of the bookcase. Okay. 2572X, please. Correct. I have to learn an official greeting by heart. And I have to fold Hank Goodstuff and dictate an official greeting for him to memorize. Maybe you can do that. What's all this that's going on now? What excuse shall I give him? You can't... L.W. Eakins is in town. Who's he? One of the major executives of the Chicago headquarters of the Sacred Stars... Hello, lady. I bet you were taking a nap. I'm seven now. That's so? Well, Rush and me have been doing the same thing. Vic went downtown right after dinner and just this minute got home. And what I have to memorize. Yeah. Paragraph, huh? Yeah. Oh, my, I bet you were. How long did they stay? Run up quick now and bring me down my lodge regalia. All of it. Well, I should think so. Boots, sword, tunic, plumed hat, your pants ain't available. Golly, yes. What do you mean? Well, I'm lending them to Tom Hackett. Happens every time. Who's Tom Hackett? Butcher over in Middleton Butcher Shop. He needed them to be Santa Claus. Hey. Well, what does Fred think? Say. Hey, a person's trying to talk over... Excuse me, Ruthie. Vic's trying to say something in just a second. What's the matter? Are my large pants upstairs? Well, I suppose they're upstairs if you put them upstairs. You lent them to Tom Hackett. Don't you remember? Oh, golly, that's right. He took the part of Santa Claus, and I... Well, this ain't that well, you can drop by and pick them up. Landlady will give them to you. Well, landlady can go jump in the lake. I haven't well, got time to... through here, Vic. Ruthie's waiting on the wire. You may inform me. Lady, this what you I'm have to sorry. Mm. Yeah. Oh, little frenzied brother of mine, wring sure. your cupping hands and listen for the call of the golden uh-huh. Oriole. As maidens dance by the plashing oh, pool... In the mischievous tarantella... Right, of... will you be quiet? Mm. Both of you be quiet. And say, lady, I better tell you why I phoned. Yeah. We're not going to be able to play 500 this evening. No. Well, it's like this. Uh, Vic's Lodge is having a special meeting. Yeah, some fella from Chicago's in town, and I guess he's... Who's the fella that... Will you sit through there and explain about my pants? I asked you a question. Who's the Chicago fellow? L.W. Eakins. The big, large, muckety-muck? Yeah. Uh, he's some man named Mr. Eakins, some big muckety-muck in the lodge. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, look, this don't make any difference to you and Fred, does it? Uh-huh. Well, I thought I'd better get in touch with you right away so you could make other plans. Yeah. Will you make that that eight? Later on, the week will be grand. Surely. <laughs> you bet. Well, uh, you explain to Fred. Yes. All right, Ruthie. All right. Goodbye. Thank you, Carl, for work yourself into a stool. 
You can pick up your large pants on the way downtown. I have to dress here. All right, let Rush trot over after him. Trot over after him, Rush. Tom Hagen lives on North Center Street, don't he? I haven't the remotest idea. Don't you, Yeah. Shall I go there first, or shall I go to Smelly Clark's house first? Smelly Clark's house? Oh, yeah. Didn't you bring that back? Uh-uh. Oh, my. What's this mystery now? Well, don't jump through the ceiling, but Rush, let Smelly Clark take your phone. You're giving permission, Mom. Yeah, but I certainly thought you'd use your head enough to get it back. let Smelly Clark take my pruned hat to do what? He uses an ornament on his Christmas tree. See, they wanted something to put on the tip top of the tree to make it... They round me up my plumed hat in my lodge rope without another second's delay. And I better go out. Hey, I will make a little speech about what I think of people who lend out private possessions of others to every half-wit in town. Well, goodness, I never expected... I will make my speech later. Right now, however, I'm very closely pressed for time and would like to ask you to do me a favor. What is it? Telephone Hank Gutstop and read him this paragraph. He's supposed to memorize it. I don't like Hank Gutstop, Hank. It won't hurt you to call him on the telephone, will it? Well, I don't like him, and he knows I don't like him. And my own wife won't cooperate with me in the matter of the greatest importance. You want me to tell him? I want you to read something to him. You'll have paper and pencil and write as you dictate. Hmm. Here's the place right here. Don't have to read a whole book to him, do I? Just this paragraph I'm pointing to. What's it supposed to be? Regular prescribed official greeting from an exalted little dipper to a visiting dignitary. Hank has to memorize. Hey! What's the better phrase? Well, isn't that Greek jump? Latin jump. You expect me to make out a bunch of outlandish gibberish and then pie. Read it just like you'd read English. Keep over the people's names, Ellen, before I try... It sounds just like it looks. The first word is hick. H-I-C. Hick. Read it just like you'd read anything else. Here. Hick, dignity, apollon, dumb, cluck, simian, hobo. Who is agricola, upcue, hunk? Sim, spittle, defeatist, in slab, dumb, corn, I won't do it. Baby, surely after lending my lodge pants to a perfect stranger to be Santa Claus in and giving my plumed hat to a hyena to put on his Christmas tree, you won't I'll read something in American, but I'll kiss a cow before I'll make a mini out of myself with that Greek jump. Okay, I'll memorize Hank's greeting. You can memorize my greeting. We'll switch speeches. Yours printed in American? Yeah. Let's see it once. Right here. Oh, little frenzied brother of mine, wring your clutching hands and listen to the call of the golden orient as maidens dance by the flashing pool and the mischievous tarantula crawls... I'm not going to read that either. What? I'm not going to read that either. Sadie, can it be possible? Yeah, you may call him that old Hank Gustav on the telephone and call him pet names and tell him to wring his hands and... Dance with the girls uh-huh. and play in the splashing pool. Was that Rush? Huh? Rush? Yeah. He hasn't left the house yet. Well, I expect... What is the idea, sir? I brought in your boot. My boot? The lodge boot. Where was it? In the basement. I knew it was down there, so I hunted all over the furnace room until I found it. There you are. Where is my other boat? That's the big mystery. I looked every dog on place. Where is my other boat? I let Miss Tusher have it. 
What fire? Playing over the fireplace at Christmas time. It's always been a custom in her family to use boots instead of stockings for Santa Claus to put his presents um, in. Now, Patrick has my pants. Sally Clark has my plumed hat. And Ms. Husher has my other boots. Is that correct? Well, goodness, you didn't give a person warning. You wanted everything all at once. I've had the slightest thing. Where's my sword? Right upstairs in your bottom dresser drawer. It's all wrapped up nice and ready to use. Shall I go get it? How about my robe? Your robe? My robe. Charlie Reed is somebody. And my tunic? Oh, what'd you do with his tunic, Rush? You sent me over to Miss Brighton's with it. Oh, she wanted to use it. Tom Hackett has my pad. Mary Clark has my plumed hat. Miss Husher has my boot. Charlie Rogerscum has my robe. And Miss Brighton has my tunic. I haven't much large regalia left. I have a phone ringer. Oh, yes. It's terrible, Miss Ray. Oh, hello, Aunt Trudy. It's probably Ruthie. You don't need to look bad as a media. I'm not implicated. Hello? Yes? Why, yes, yes. Uh, just a second. For you. Hank, that's stuff. I think so. Yes, this is Hank, that's stuff. Recognize his voice. He wants his official speech. Read it to him. Oh, Vic, I just can't read that great chunk over the telephone. Read the book. Vic, I just can't. Here's the place. I'll read the American. Take this. I'll read about the maidens in the splash and pool. Read yeah. what I'm giving you. Sick, I just can't. Read. Oh, Hank? Oh. Pick, Dignitas, Apollo, Rum, Gum, Crop, Simeon, Hobo, Curious, Agricola, Up, Pew, Hump. Sim, fiddle, and slob, dumb, cornucopia, itch. Which concludes another brief interlude at the small house halfway up in the next block. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.